joining the conversation with Shortlisted, a podcast from the Greater Midwest Chapter, or GMC, of the Association of Proposal Management Professionals, where we chat about proposals, the business of winning work, and nailing the shortlists in our lives. I'm your host, Paul Lockwood, a Senior Sales Operations Analyst for Vitality Group in Chicago. And I'm co-host Heather Finch. Paul, I hope weather in Chicago is a little bit better than up here in Milwaukee. It's pretty rainy and dreary here right now. I'm it's a leader of a team for Guardian Life. And this month, we're having a chat with Karen Olson-Held, membership chair for APMP GMC. Hi, Karen, want to introduce yourself. Thanks, Paul. Yes, my name's Karen Olson-Held, and I am a senior proposal manager for Neridian Healthcare Solutions. And I'm based out of the Fargo, North Dakota area, just on Minnesota, and we are enjoying that spring has finally come. Very cool. Three different states out of our 12, I believe, in the GMC, so we're definitely all over the map here, literally. Our first segment, Karen, your mentorship chair for GMC. Let's talk a little bit about mentorship. Why is mentorship in proposal management so important? So when I think about mentorship and how it can be helpful for us, I think about a lot of conversations I've had with folks and how many of us have more or less fallen into our role in the world of proposals, right? And APMP has really been working on helping to raise the profile of the proposal management profession through that intentional career path initiative. But for those of us who are already here, we learn from each other. And some of us work on large teams, others of us are one person shows. And so working with the mentor, I think lessens the feeling of being alone or that you're out somewhere by yourself. You can share your challenges with your mentor, bounce around some ideas. I think a mentor can also be really helpful in clarifying with you or helping you clarify maybe what your next career step is going to be. Bring some clarity to that and explore those conversations in a very safe place. Who's who's kind of served as a mentor in your life or career? When I think about uh, my mentors, I've had a lot of informal mentors in roles, both at my current company, a previous company, and um, a couple individuals come to mind. One was the very first person who hired me um, when I was a college student at working for a language education nonprofit, and I had no idea what a proposal was. I was a writer, and so she taught me what grant proposals are. That's what we were doing and fundraising. And it became a good fit for me. And she really brought me up, if you will. She brought me with her. And I served in a variety of roles, learning about grant writing, honing my craft, um, about proposals in general, and also fundraising. And so I was able to take those very transferable skills and move to where I currently am, completely different industry, but I had a lot of tools that I could draw on um, where I currently am. So that was very much an informal mentor, but someone I still think of, um, you know, with a lot of gratitude. Um, another one that comes to mind, um, and I'll, you know, name mention her here. Um, the very first year that I participated in the GMC mentorship program, 
my mentor that I was assigned to or assigned to work with uh, was a Haley Watkins, who is our current secretary, and she was then president of the chapter. And she was exactly the right person that I needed at that time. I was in a period of burnout trying to figure out what is my next role? What, what do I want to be doing? I was also pursuing my APMP practitioner certification, and she was a great resource there. And one of the things that I really valued was having someone outside my organization to bounce around ideas, an objective person who wasn't in the middle of my day to day. We all have team dynamics when you work with people, right? And so having someone else who gets the role, gets what we're doing, um, is just so invaluable. Who uh, Have you ever had a tour mentor as a mentor? Um, so thinking about a tour mentor, and as you know, Paul said, someone who's pushing you, but also someone who's maybe taking credit for your work, not helping you meet your goals. And as I think about that, I feel like I've been fortunate where I, I haven't had that particular pain point in working relationships or mentoring relationships. And, you know, I think of maybe seasons with um, mentors or supervisors where maybe I wasn't allowed quite the space I'd wanted to pursue goals or things that interested me, but it was a season. And so I do very much have that teamwork mindset and I'm pretty eager to contribute, provide the background work and support of that larger goal. Um, but I've also known what my role is. And so I think uh, for me, it has been um, understanding my relationship, how I contribute and um, can see a bigger picture. But for those who have had that tormentor, I think it's important to really take a step back and you know, evaluate that mentor relationship. Are you, are you getting what you want or need out of that relationship? Can you redirect some of the interactions? Or if not, um, maybe choose to take a step back and change the nature of your relationship. If that person is not mentoring you and helping you in the way you need, that may just not be the relationship you need at that point in time. Cool. And uh, I'm glad you haven't had a tour mentor as a mentor. That uh, that would be uh, leave you rather torn up, I suppose. Uh, what kind of resources does uh, GMC have available to members in terms of mentoring? We have a number of different resources. Really at the center of our mentorship program is a formal mentor-mentee pairing. And as this podcast is dropping, we are excited to be kicking off those matches with the folks who'd applied to be part of that program for 2022. So I encourage anyone who is interested in participating in that mentor-mentee pairing at future date, watch for communications for the next cycle at the beginning of 2023. But in the meantime, there's still a lot of resources that anyone can access. For example, I'll be sharing with our mentor mentee pairs, Mentorship Mondays, tips and tricks, discussion points, maybe articles to read or reflect together on the topic of mentorship and how to bring together, um, come together for an effective and productive relationship for both parties. Um, also this year in 2022, we're bringing together the GMC book club under the umbrella of the mentorship program. And 
anyone can join the, the book club chats, any members, not just those who are formally participating in that mentorship program. And we are going to read, um, let's see, I'll have the book. It is called uh, Bridging Differences for Better Mentoring, Lean Forward, Learn, Leverage by Lisa Z. Fain and Lois J. Zachary. So this is a book that is written for both mentors and mentees, and it has a lot of good discussion questions throughout prompts for you to discuss together or journal in the book, if you will. And it walks through some scenarios and serves as a guide for fostering some cultural competencies, building self-awareness so that you can form genuine connections. So we're going to be discussing this. Watch GMC uh, Communications for a date on that um, this fall, but grab your books now and start working through it with a mentor or mentee in your life or on your own. There's some great opportunities to participate um, in the coming months. So GMC stands for not only Greater Midwest Chapter, but for Great Mentoring Chapter. Hey, there we go. Move on. Our middle segment may or may not have something to do with our profession because we're each going to talk about the best thing that happened to us this month. And we'll let our guests go first. Karen Olson held, what was the best thing that happened to you? My In my community, there is a local woman-owned small business that hosts an annual craft fest where they bring together lots of local regional makers that are small businesses, a lot of them are women-owned, you know, artisan crafts, jewelry, candles, stickers for your water bottles and notebooks, just anything you can imagine. And they're a little trendy, maybe a little, um, you know, not, not your grandma's craft show in the park. I'm a big fan of stickers. I tell my friends that like stickers are my love language. And so this is one that I bought at the Craft Fest, a loon for Minnesota. Nice. So what it is, it's so cool. I just love the store. I buy all my gifts there. They are, um, it's called Unglued. And they started as a craft fest where they're hosting like this fair. And they turned it into a brick and mortar store. But they sell makers things. So in a, it's, in a way, it's kind of like consignment, right? So the makers get most of the profit, but there is some retained by the small business owner to run a store. Mm -hmm. And they have such a wide variety of things there. And it's, it's just fun. And I love, you know, it's little things like I'm trying to see, do I have anything else? <laughs> um, candles, I like candles. Well, I've just decided I'm going to buy my favorite candles from this local to me woman who sells her stuff at this mm -hmm. store. It's about the same price as the Bath and Body Works candle. And where do I want my dollars to go? here right and so that's just a lot of what it is it's um it's just my favorite store and they do have a website and they do online sales so i'll definitely send you that link katie Maybe you know there's a famous musical there's a famous musical about candles wicked <laughs> i was really trying to think there because i'm a musical fan and i'm like what is it <laughs> so anyway it's just really fun. And in 2020, it was canceled or it was online. Um, 2021, it was different and I opted not to go. But 2022, it felt good to be out at one of my favorite things with some of my favorite friends and supporting these small businesses. I love to give this type of um, gift item as gifts or I mean, 
honestly, I like them for myself. Um, but it was just a great night to be doing something that I didn't realize how much I'd missed. So that was a definite highlight for me this month. Yeah, I, I love that stuff. We've got um, a lot of really cool, like, collective type stores here in Milwaukee. Yeah. Um, just last night, I went to a writing group, uh, like creative writing, not like proposal writing group. I'm not cheating on y'all, don't worry. Um, right, uh, it was, right. Yeah. Might have been but, a support group. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it could, could be. But it was at this... Um, locally owned bookstore that they specialize in graphic novels and a lot of them are local graphic novel and I was like looking I'm like oh my gosh I know that person I know that person I'm friends with that person like I'm like oh like I'm like surrounded by books that my friends wrote it was it it was really cool and and knowing that like again like there's that shop that the money is going right back into the community is Mm -hmm. it's always nice yeah Yeah, for a long time I thought the graphic novel was like a romance book (laughs) it's just totally graphic just not good. Um, the best thing that happened to me this month, um, I actually think it's happening right now. I am so excited to be part of this podcast. I've been a longtime fan of the art of podcasts. I have a lot uh, in my library that I listen to on a regular basis. And to be able to contribute to the proposal community and the podcast genre at the same time really excites me. What about you, Paul? Well, I I would go a totally different direction. I think the best thing was an Eagles concert. They were doing their Hotel California tour. They came to Chicago, including three of the original band members, all turning 75 this year. They put on a three-hour performance. And as I thought about the titles of their songs, I realized that they were really speaking to me a lot. For example, when it comes to our day-to-day work, aren't we all living life in the fast lane? And, and, and you know, why are we so stressed? I can't tell you why. But at the end of the day, my mind is already gone. And what I need then is a peaceful, easy feeling something I hope to have one of these nights. But I'm so busy, I often take it to the limit when I should just take it easy so I can be a great husband giving the best of my love instead of just having a heartache tonight. (laughs) Well, Paul, I'm glad that you made it out of the Hotel California in time to join us for this podcast. Next up, we're going to take a question from one of our members. And this is part of Dear GMC, which is your ability to submit a question and get some advice or an answer from other proposal professionals. So, Dear GMC, I've been struggling with reviewers not coming prepared to milestone meetings. One sales lead in particular has gotten into the habit of not even opening document drafts before the meeting. He tables major questions because he hasn't had a chance to evaluate the document or makes great recommendations for things that had already existed if only he had taken time to read the thing. It's a waste of time and our proposals are suffering. To combat that, I've started adding classroom time at the beginning of review meetings so people can dedicate time to reading the document. Do you think that's the right move or am I giving reviewers too much of a pass? Sincerely, Holden Hands. Paul, Karen, do you have any recommendations for Holden? 
Oh, I didn't prepare. I'm sorry. Oh, wait. Oh, 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 oh just kidding. Um, I think you're giving too much of a pass. Um, you're making others wait through the reading time when you're kind of wasting their time. You know, so I, I would consider, you know, how important is the sales leads input really? You know, if it's not that important, maybe make it clear in announcing the meeting and scheduling the meeting that, you know, there's a cutoff point for anybody's input and that this is our only time to focus on these parts of the proposal or the RFP response, whatever. Uh, maybe at the start of the meeting to try to first few times until this person gets the idea that they need to really be prepared. Maybe you do a quick review of some of the key topics uh, that you're going to need to get everybody's input on. Just kind of like this is your table of contents, if you will, for what's coming up. I completely agree, Paul. Um, and to you know, take another step further, how maybe could you um, holding hands uh, approach this in the future so you're not finding yourself in that situation? And a lot of it, you know, what Paul started to talk about too is how can you prepare your reviewers and set them up for success? Um, some suggestions that I share with folks and that I use myself are um, sharing the background material with your reviewers ahead of time. What can they re review and come prepared for the meeting? Sounds like that's a little bit of a challenge. So another point that's really important is setting those expectations, being crystal clear, both with the time allotted, as Paul said, and the, the firm end time, but also um, sharing with your reviewers how their role and participation is important to the overall proposal process and helping them understand the timeline that you're on, helping them understand what you need from them exactly, and doing, doing your best to uh, prepare those reviewers to give you what you need. And um, I think that's beneficial for all reviewers, not just um, the problematic sales lead. And especially if you have a rotating cast of reviewers, maybe you have some folks on one review, but not another, it differs from organization to organization, but a little bit of that just-in-time training or the communication pre-review, I think really can help you set up for success. And of course, if you have an outlier, sometimes that is just a one-to-one -one conversation and figure out how to address it. Yeah, I think you both make really good points. And Holden, I will acknowledge something about proposal management is that we often get accolades for going above and beyond and for helping others out. And sometimes then the result of that is that people do start leaning on us too much and they start expecting us to kind of do their jobs for them. So with that in mind, I totally agree. I think that this is giving reviewers too much of a pass. And maybe in addition to what Paul and Karen recommended is going even further upstream to try to diagnose what the problem is. And depending on your organization, maybe this is not for you to solve. Uh, maybe it's for somebody, your, your manager or somebody higher up in the organization to take a look at. But is the issue with just this one team or is it more of a, an organization-wide issue? Is the problem that they're not being given enough time or maybe the problem is that they don't understand that that's actually part of their job? 
again, I will totally give you credit for coming up with a creative solution with this classroom time at the beginning of the meetings. I think it's probably a great solution for the right now immediate need, but it will continue to, to grow and escalate and create further problems. The other issue is if they're really just only reading the document right before you're having the review meeting, are they able to look into the things that they need to look into or really give the kind of commentary that's going to be useful? So great idea, keep coming up with those creative solutions, but maybe think back to figuring out what the, the real problem is. The root cause analysis sounds like a good idea. You got it. We hope you enjoyed our first shortlisted and that you'll join us next month. Karen, thanks for being our first guest. Just just a quick disclaimer and reminder, the advice offered in this podcast is intended for informational and entertainment purposes only. Use of this podcast is not intended to replace or substitute any financial, medical, legal, or other professional advice. This podcast, its hosts, and APMP GMC are not responsible for the outcome or results following any advice in any given situation. You, and only you, are completely responsible for your actions. Thanks, Heather. So if we're now on your final list of podcast favorites, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to email our producer, Katie Stutzman. That's K-S-T-U-T-S-M-A-N at gmcapmp.org. Once again, K-S-T-U-T-S-M-A-N at gmcapmp.org. To all those winning business out there on behalf of me, Heather, our special guest, Karen, and all of us in the greater Midwest chapter, We'll GM see you next time on Shortlisted. Shortlisted.